Warning, the following podcast contains mature content such as naughty language and sexual themes. Listener discretion is advised. Hey guys, so I was supposed to do the intro for episode 5, but I pretty much completely fucking guffed it and didn't do an intro at all. Anyway, you know the drill. It's 2020. We're reading Twilight. I'm Sarah. She's M. Let's jump into it. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, my dear friend M, I have something very important I need to tell you. That you didn't include the non-binary folk? Oh, shit. <sighs> uh, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, <laughs> I... Don't laugh too hard at that. I stole that from another podcast. Uh shout out to king falls i am love you guys to pieces um i have something very important that i need to tell you we almost lost a relic this week um my (laughs) ancient copy of twilight by stephanie meyer was almost lost as you can see well you can't see but you can see uh the binding is being torn apart because my lovely dog jumped up on me while i was uh rereading the past five chapters uh just to refresh my memory we we did take about a week off uh from recording and i needed wow that was a really long We did take a month off from recording for various reasons, so I did have to reread the last five chapters to refresh my memory, and my dog hopped up onto my lap and tore half the binding off of my book. So, you know, we almost witnessed like a travesty I said in the first here. Episode, wood glue. <laughs> I'm imagining, like, I literally pulled together a bunch of plywood, like, measure it out, cut it up, put hinges on it. <laughs> and attach it to the spine of my copy of uh, critically acclaimed Twilight by Stephanie Meyer, copyright 2004. <laughs> oh, God. So, um, it's been a minute. And I can, I can fortunately say that over the past month, uh, Twilight isn't the worst thing I've read, thanks to uh, r slash men writing women. <laughs> That is an incredible subreddit. I go on there frequently just to cry uh, at the fact that men truly do not understand women, neither psychologically or physiologically. I have lost control of my body laughing at times (laughs) at just how bad it can get. I, I I know that you're probably referring to like, oh, you were shaking or crying from laughter, but I'm yes. just imagining you like completely expelling everything from your bowels. On- <laughs> <laughs> on- I just shit myself. It was so bad. I just shit him. God, this is the worst intro we've ever done. <laughs> I'm here Don't crying worry, we have a about lot my book. More ahead of us to top it. So this week we are discussing um, chapters 16 through 20 of uh, the masterpiece that is Twilight. And I have to say our notes on these five chapters are probably the most concise notes that we've ever had. Um, and as we said in the previous episode... It's because episode, it's the most concise writing Stephanie yeah. Meyer's ever done. <laughs> we are getting to the point where each chapter is almost exclusively one scene. 
Um, and so we don't have to write like, oh, here's this scene. Here's this scene. Here's this scene. Here's a bunch of jumbled nonsense that adds nothing to the plot. <laughs> I mean, so... <laughs> it's still kind of a jumbled mess, but. Okay. Yeah. But I don't think we're going to get away from that until at least never because. After the Twilight series and she starts writing other books. <laughs> well, she did write another book. She's written a few other books. Yeah, it was called the her. I don't know what her other if she wrote other books after she wrote the host, but she definitely like the host was made was written published and then turned into a whole ass movie. Wait, in they the made a time, movie for it? Yeah, they made a movie for it in like less than a year. This book was published and there was a movie out. You know, I never watched that movie, and I'm not sure I'm even. I don't. I don't even want to watch that movie. <laughs> She produced I, a television show, and then she wrote another book. let her do that? And then she wrote another book called The Chemist. Oh my god, she had a whole career after Twilight that I just didn't know about. Oh my god, she said she took inspiration from William Shakespeare. <gasps> oh no! Don't, don't <laughs> sully him like that. His we, dick jokes are amazing. <laughs> you at one point said in one episode that she needed to stop trying to create phrases because she's not William Shakespeare. But it turns out... Oh my out... god. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, she doesn't oh. have the dick joke game. <sighs> well, anyway, we should probably jump right into this because this intro has just been sad and chaotic. As the world has been for the past month that we've been away don't we don't talk about that (laughs) (laughs) this is a safe place (laughs) so chapter 16 uh begins with edward leading bella into carlisle's office he's there for maybe three seconds before he leaves and then edward shows bella a bunch of paintings sit on the casting couch stop stop this is not the casting couch this is carlisle's office that's not until edward's bedroom but casting couches happen in offices Okay. Can I finish my summary, please? I give you permission. Okay. So, he she tells she he basically like rehashes the story of Carlisle, but like with more details, uh which leads me to believe that Stephanie Meyer straight up did not know what to put in this chapter. <laughs> so she was just like, "You know what? Let's just do it all again." <laughs> <laughs> We needed an anime recap episode right about here. It, it re- reminded me of being in theater and being stopped by the director and told, hey, can you do that again? But like, better. Better? Just, <laughs> this time do it better. What does better mean? Just better. <laughs> what do you think better means? What incredible direction. Uh, so... He then tells Bella, he reveals to Bella that after he was turned into a vampire, he actually had an extended period of time, about 10 years, where he went around and killed a bunch of bad people, which, oh, I have a lot of opinions about that. Uh, And then... I do as well. well. (laughs) And then he takes her back to his room, which sounds like a pretty tight little music area, but it's supposed to be his, like, bedroom and is horrifying. Uh, and then Alice comes in and invites Bella to take, invites Bella to take, 
Invites Edward to bring Bella with them to play baseball. Invites Bella to take her innocence. <laughs> what? Oh, God. <laughs> so a few there, things. <laughs> the, the most important part that we need to note about this scene is Carlisle's desk is mahogany. This was before the Hunger Games existed i believe yeah i think the hunger games came out in like 2007 um so (laughs) mahogany is it i mahogany isn't even like my favorite stain of wood (laughs) that sounds so dumb mahogany isn't that good guys (laughs) i mean if we're gonna rate staining on a scale (laughs) (laughs) uh, so like where do you, where, where, how do you feel about spruce? <laughs> this is becoming a whole different podcast. We're just going to rate different kinds of wood. Uh, here we have an antique uh, oak, dark oak kitchen table. Uh, this was used in Raisin in the Sun. Oh my god okay so his desk is mahogany apparently that's the most important note that M wanted to make but I think there's a little bit more going on in this chapter than just the desk being mahogany people swim to France that was the dumbest line I think the worst part of that is like Stephanie described him as like looking at her like she was stupid and he's like people yeah. swim to France all the time Bella Carlisle swam from uh, from England to France, and I guess you—I guess it's just not that hard to swim, swim the English Channel. It's not. It's, like, it's only a couple of miles. But I'm an American. I don't. I don't. Yeah. Like I. <laughs> and it's not like I'm the type of American that's like fuck learning about other countries either. Like some weird stereotype of a white American hillbilly per. Like no, I am interested in other countries and cultures and i don't know that yeah it's not i mean being from you can look across the english channel and like see france because it's only a few miles away but because the earth bella yeah yeah of course bella grew up (laughs) in arizona so like she definitely has no concept of like bodies of water this is making so many assumptions about Bella's I, level of I knowledge. I love the idea that if you don't grow up <laughs> in a place with lots of water, you just don't know how water works. Can you imagine how fucked up she would be if she like went to northern Michigan and saw the Great Lakes and was like, oh my god, they go on forever. Uh, okay, actually, though, because when I went to the Great Lakes and saw them for the first time, I was like, holy shit. It looks like the ocean. Yeah, it, it legitimately does. looks like the ocean. I never realized it <laughs> until I saw it in person, and I was like, "Wow!" <laughs> they are huge lakes. That's why they're called it's, the Great Lakes. They're the they're, largest it's deposit an of inland sea. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's the largest deposit of fresh water I think in the world, or at least in the United States. But the United States is the world, so oh that's yeah, all that matters. Come on, come on. American centrism. Let's talk about Edward being upset that he killed murderers and rapists. Because. Yeah. 
Edward has the distinct advantage that he can read minds. So he knew for a fact that these people were going into places to commit heinous crimes. Like he he was talking about how he would see in the mind of someone that they were heading down a dark alley to kill someone or rape someone. And then he would like kill them before that they could do that. And I'm not a strong uh, believer in violence. In fact, I'm very pacifistic. But dude, if you can stop someone from murdering someone else and you're also sustaining your own life force, I really don't see what the big issue is. No, like, it takes out the entire issue of plausible deniability. Yeah. He has, there is no reason for him to think, oh, he might not do it. You see it in his head. Yeah, like, you know that that person is a bad person. You never have any reason to question it, which is... The only issue that can really come up in a situation like that is, is the, per- no, you know, the person is just flat out evil. Exactly. <laughs> and do I, and I am not saying that I believe that we should just kill anyone who is like committed to ki- like committing a crime uh, or a violent crime or whatever. And I'm not saying that I necessarily believe in the death penalty, but I do think that Edward is way more justified than he is saying that he is because these people are specifically awful and going to do awful things. Yeah. His guilt weighs on him a little bit more heavily than I find a reasonable in the situation. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the, that's, that's the key point is like, he shouldn't feel as guilty as he does. It's okay, buddy. We we understand. <clears throat> it's okay. I don't view sexual predators as humans. It's fine. Yeah. What? Um, <laughs> so then you made a note about his black leather sofa in, <laughs> in his room. It made me feel bad because I, I have a black leather sofa in my room and that's what I sleep on. I don't have a bed. I just sleep on my couch. <laughs> We have a black leather sofa. Well, it's not real leather because we're not wealthy. Uh, but We, we have, have a... the same sofa. <laughs> I know. It's just ours is a newer version of yours. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, so we also have a black leather sofa. But we're not committing any heinous acts on it or pressuring women into doing heinous things on it. Heinous things might happen here, but that's that's not for you to know. You can kindly request it. You can kindly request it, and the answer will probably be hell yeah, but I don't know. <laughs> um, so Bellis tells Edward that he's not as scary as he thinks he is. And uh, yeah, uh, earlier in the book, I would have disagreed. Like, just from her perspective and what she's seen so far, I'd be like, you really should be scared of him. But he's... at this point, yeah, no, he's not. He's not scary. He's not scary for the reasons he thinks he's scary. Like, he is scary because he's possessive, manipulative, and a stalker. But he's not scary because he's a vampire. I guarantee you. This is most, the skin of a killer. Most young people who are <laughs> attracted to men. Most people who are attracted to anyone. If they found out that a super hot member of their high school class was a vampire would be like, oh my God, bite me. Like it's, most of us are like into it. Like, I don't understand why he's like, Bella, I'm a vampire. If anyone Uh. in our audience 
uh, if we have an audience, plays magic, look up indulgent patrician <laughs> from M21 <laughs> and tell me you wouldn't let her bite you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh, the, I, the thing is, like, so, Twilight came out in 2004. I read it in 2000, let's see, I was going into the seventh grade when I read it, so, like, 2007. And, nope, 2008, that would be the year. Uh, I read Interview with a Vampire when I was in the sixth grade, okay? I already wanted a vampire to steal me away in the night okay there is it's almost like vampires have been sexualized for almost as long as the concept has existed oh yeah like i (laughs) i some of my favorite novels of all time have been vampire novels i love like i said interview with a vampire uh dracula is like one of the best classic books ever written uh I don't think it's a new idea that vampires are hot. And well, no, there's always been a link. Like in human minds, there's always been a link between uh, violence and sex. Oh. And vampires <laughs> are kind of the epitome of that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um. So then Alice Cullen comes in and is probably the most attractive. Uh, person in the entire book if not the entire book series um, and uh, she made a comment about having Bella for lunch she can have me for lunch every day <laughs> Alice Cullen please come have me for lunch <laughs> you are perfect and beautiful and I just I want I want I want you in my life I used to have a cardboard no no i used to have a cardboard cutout (laughs) no (laughs) oh my god i used to have a cardboard cutout of ashley green the actress who plays alice (laughs) that's like the twilight version of having a waifu body pillow I used to have, okay, I had this cardboard cutout of Ashley Green, who played Bella when I was in high school. Uh, not Bella, sorry, who played Alice when I was in high school. Um, it wasn't her as Alice. It wasn't just, just like her on that the red carpet. That makes it worse, almost. <laughs> so I had it, and, like, I was so afraid that my parents would find out that I was, like, a raging, non-straight person that I would hide it. <laughs> I would hide it under my bed and, like, in my closet and stuff. (laughs) But at that point, it was even creepier because it was like, why why do I... (laughs) Your closet. Why do I have this? Why is it in my closet? She's so beautiful. I just love her so much. She was... They... I will always say that she... That this these movies were cast very well. Like they had they had a very good cast of characters. Uh, I mean, even Mike looked like a fucking puppy dog. He's a great little boy. Come here, Mike. Just grinch behind your ear. Okay, not in that way. God, shut up. <clears throat> okay, so then uh, that's pretty much the end of chapter sixteen. 
Alice yep, uh, Alice Cullen is hot, and uh, Carlisle's desk is mahogany. Carlisle's desk is mahogany. <laughs> you still uh, never told me where you'd put it on your on your stain rating. On my stain rating? Ah, I mean, it's pretty nice, but uh, I mean, granted, I am a fan of like all black painted furniture so like i probably wouldn't have like a big ass mahogany desk it would bingo yeah my i mean my ideal desk would probably be like black metal with like a glass top because i'm more into like a sleek modern look i have silver metal with the glass top but like that was the best option i had in my price range nobody cares about our desks so in chapter (laughs) seven um ed is taking bella home to get ready for the great baseball extravaganza and so that she can tell charlie about him yeah he's like and uh you should probably introduce me as your boyfriend and she's like is that what you are no shit shut up what are you talking no about? he just told you about all his family's secrets and took you into his casting couch room for for frenzies i don't i think she's hey more... girl do you want a record player and chill I think she's definitely more on the side of, like, one of those people who thinks that calling someone her boyfriend is, like, lame or whatever. Like, you know those people who are, like, uh, he's, like, my... what? Like, he, they won't say boyfriend because they think it sounds immature or whatever. And because he's, like, an old man, she's, like, are you my boyfriend? She probably prefers the term lover. <laughs> In the original version of my book, before I started doing edits, there was a whole scene about that, where the two characters are talking, and they're like, what do we call each other? And like, and I imagine, like, because it's kind of a fantasy thing, like, boyfriend-girlfriend doesn't exist, but they're just, they're just having that conversation, and, she, and one of them's like, <laughs> call each other lovers? <laughs> and everyone's like, no, Ew. no, no. <laughs> uh so uh when they do get to the house they are met with billy and jacob waiting in the driveway oh yeah and poor jacob it becomes one of the most awkward and uncomfortable scenes in the book because Ed just starts nuzzling all over Bella's neck <laughs> oh god them, like not like doing it and then oh they're here like they're here let me mark my territory all Uh, over your neck look me look at me not biting her you see that do you see uh, me not draining her life force away and then so uncomfortable the shit out of her right in front of them like yeah look at that look at that didn't kill this bitch oh my god It is so bad. And, like, I can understand if they came up and he, like, leaned over and gave her, like, a kiss on the cheek or something like that. Just something that was, like, I don't know. Because, like, he feels, like, strange and territorial and uncomfortable around them. So, you know, I I guess, in a way, I would understand if he, like, leaned over and was, like, bye, Bella, and, like, kissed her or whatever. But the fact that he, like, (laughs) was rubbing all over her. It's the extent that he... It's... 
it's him in the entire book though it's like it's not that you have these thoughts and feelings it's the what it's what you do with them and to what extent you go it's so (laughs) uncomfortable and gross and absolutely terrifying so after that extremely uncomfortable scene uh (laughs) bella takes them into the house and billy gives her some fish fry which is his cover for coming over there and sends jacob outside (laughs) to stand in the rain looking for this picture that he claims exists in the trunk of their vehicle (laughs) uh to give to bella and uh so he can have a private chat with her about everything with the cullens this is not the first time i've ever truly pitied jacob and it will not be the last no well this whole scene is me just pitying jacob because so first there's uh the kiss just right in front of him like edward a hundred year old man is like i need (laughs) to make this child watch me kiss her so he knows his place after bella already used him for information was this oh yeah this is the same chapter where bella is like jacob is not that much younger than me and edward is like yeah. i know the, the so and it, he just gives her a look like well duh so bella child. is 17 okay like she's very solidly 17 because her birthday is in september and we know this takes place in march so she's like Two whole years older than Jacob, and he just turned 15, okay? It would be weird for her to date him with that kind of age difference, I think. I'm not entirely sure, okay? Because I haven't been in high school in a while. I'm sure when I was 15, I would have loved to date a 17-year-old. But then again, I don't know. I mean, that would be junior or senior with freshman or sophomore. And I I guess I'm just, like, preconditioned to feel weird about different age differences because Bella is a junior, and if he just turned 15, that means that he would probably be a freshman. So, I don't know. It could be weirder. It could be weirder. And I also believe that I am preconditioned to think that older girls with younger boys is weirder than the other way around. And that's my fault. Like, I shouldn't... I probably shouldn't feel that way. But... Honestly, that's strange to me because I think most people would say that they would think older guys with younger girls in high school was creepier. Well, it definitely is. It's creepy either way. You shouldn't have a significant age difference between you and the person you're dating if the person you're dating is like under the age of, let's say, 20. But the it, I am just like in any situation, like when I hear like, oh, a 22 year old man is dating like a 28 year old woman i i don't know it's just like it it feels weirder to me and it shouldn't i acknowledge that but it does i accept my faults i accept my faults and i'm trying to fix them but anyway i think it would be weird for her being you know about five months away from being 18 and him being only freshly 15 i think it would be a little weird because Anyway, but it would be weird for her to date him, and he's only, like, two and a half years younger than her. Edward is a whole century older than Bella. 
and is very aware as he He's, makes clear. Yeah, it's not like he often is like, oh, I just forget that we're like so different in age. He's like, yeah, I know you're you're an infant. And like, I'm this was the point where it, I just lost the ability to be charitable with the differences because we talked before about well maybe it's like a mental thing or emotional thing has to do with development or whatever because of being a vampire yeah that he like didn't really mature past the age of 17 after becoming a vampire and i'm still gonna hold on to that because otherwise i will feel disgusting the whole time we read these books but i do acknowledge that it's probably wrong (laughs) and the fact that she just won't leave it like it she just left it alone it would be fine just leave it alone so we can move on and just pretend that was the case but she's just like i'm just gonna keep coming back to it just stop bringing it up please i'm begging you uh um but uh billy's tells her like hey uh maybe don't do this with uh the collins yeah and she's like hey billy Go fuck yourself, you stupid old wheelchair man. <laughs> God. And, and then he's like, uh, what I meant to say was, don't do what you're doing. Yeah. I'm glad that <laughs> he's like, like up front and is like, don't do it. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? You know, at least Billy's clear about his intentions. Yeah, for sure. I agree. I, I think that he is better than most about actually like being honest and saying like, this is, this is the truth. You need to know. Um, Bella makes a weird roundabout comment about how it's not Billy's business and shouldn't, and he was like, maybe it's Charlie's business. And then she goes, well, isn't it also my business as to whether or not it's his business? (laughs) And Charlie's like, uh, or Billy's just like, uh, yeah, sure. (laughs) He's just like, I... I guess so. I think he just doesn't understand what the fuck she just said. And Bella even makes a comment about how it, like, doesn't really make sense what she just said. Instructions unclear. (laughs) Stuck in wheelchair. (laughs) So, yeah, that's... What are they um, called? Spokes? The spokes on the wheels. spokes on the wheels. Oh, God. Okay, so... (laughs) So, she's basically like... I'm going to keep dating Edward and don't tell my dad about it. <laughs> I love his dry, dusty, centurial dick. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. No, What is that? Please. Centennial. Centennial is the word I'm looking for. Centennial. Oh. Uh, but yeah, so Charlie gets home after that and they have dinner and Bella tells him about Ed. And then Charlie just keeps calling him Edwin for some reason. <laughs> uh, and then they meet in a really weird, awkward short scene. And then they go to baseball. God. Um, that whole scene was very uncomfortable and weird because he has and a And not second. like in a boyfriend meeting dad uncomfortable weird way, just in a like... Stephanie Meyer doesn't understand how human beings work kind <laughs> of way. It's like an alien that seemed seen a bunch of boyfriend meets dad scenes and yeah. is trying to write it. <laughs> oh god. Um so they like sit down for maybe 65 seconds. 
to have this conversation. Yeah, literally, so he's... He, Charlie greets him at the door when Ed gets there. Welcomes him in, takes his coat, points takes him to sit on coat. a chair across from coat. him on the couch. They say, like, three sentences to each other. And then they get up and leave. Three sentences where all they do is make fun of Bella. That was so obnoxious. One thing that, like, I really took away from my... How do I do this without being rude to people in real life? I was in a relationship... (laughs) I was in a relationship and... I brought this person to meet some of my family members and they spent a good part of the time that they were there making fun of me. Like my family teases me quite a lot Um, and it's usually okay because they know when to stop. But then when my significant other was around, they like it all just got amped up and they were teasing me a lot and it was very uncomfortable. How's your self-esteem, Sarah? It, well, terrible, but that's, it, I, at the time, it was what much worse than it is now. I feel much better now than I did when I, was, when I was younger. <laughs> when you're a teenager, your self-esteem is, is so up and down at pretty much all times that it's like, it's like to have a significant other come around and just like make fun of you with your parents. And I, my husband does pick fun at me occasionally, but like when someone in the family is like, Oh, Brandon, like how did Sarah convince you to stay? His response is usually like, well, I love her and we, we work well together. And it's like, that's what you (sighs) be nice to your significant others, please. If they're being ribbed on by their family it's it's very important that you show that you were on their side and that they don't have to worry about that amount of stress coming from not only their family but also from you. Unless they enjoy that dynamic. Then yeah. Again. Yes. <laughs> but make sure you know before you meet their family yeah. if they have a toxic family so that you can act accordingly. And that's not me saying my family is toxic. Like I said, they know when to stop, but when it's being amped up by someone else, it's, I don't know. Be nice, please. That's all I'm asking. When you meet your significant other's family, show that you're on their side. Everyone, send Sarah messages telling her she's stupid. (laughs) (laughs) By all means. I already feel stupid, so I, you know, it'll just be kind of like more of the same. <laughs> you can't bring my self-esteem any lower than it already <laughs> is. I lowered it myself by getting a degree in a field that you can't get a, <laughs> you can't get a good job in until you have a master's degree. And I lowered mine by being 25 and living in my parents' house. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing great. Anyway, back to Bella. Uh... Uh, they get in a Jeep. Ed brings a Jeep. It's Emmett's Jeep. And it's got, like, crazy harnesses and shit. And he has to strap her in. And she, like, she makes a comment about the Jeep. She's like, this is a big Jeep. And I'm just like, was that a dick joke? Like, I actually don't know. If it was intended to be. If she was making a dick joke or if it just came off that way. And if it was a dick joke, is she... Is she making a joke about Emmett's dick then instead of Ed's because it's actually Emmett's Jeep? (laughs) Okay, so a few points here. Uh, First of all, Emmett definitely has a monster penis. Like, we know this 
for a fact, he is fucking hung. But besides the and point. that's why we all feel bad for Rosalie. <laughs> feel bad? Okay, Sarah, you can't. <laughs> I shouldn't have to tell you how female physiology works. Um, you being a lesbian means you can't comment on this. <laughs> Me being a trans lesbian means I. <laughs> <laughs> the point is, the point is, I've Emma... hurt people. <laughs> stop! 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 <laughs> it's over. It's done. So the we know Emmett is hung. A point A. Emmett is hung. Point B. Bella is horny as shit. We know this. This has been made evident multiple times. She is horny. So That's why Rosalie doesn't like her. She knows that <laughs> Bella needs it from somewhere and she will fucking move in. <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is Bella is now thinking about Emmett's dick. Anyway. <laughs> and that's so- why she's scared of riding Ed. <laughs> Because she'll be thinking about Emmett the whole time? Yes. Oh, no, so they so they get to uh, a location. I'm not going to say they get to the baseball location. They get to a location in the area around where the baseball thing is happening. Yes. Uh, and Ed's like, okay, we travel on foot from here. On my back. And uh, Bella's terrified of being on his back again because the last time she was on his back she did not enjoy the ride um <laughs> and faced with that resistance ed makes her come <laughs> via neck kisses and pointed questions <laughs> in one of the most uncomfortable attempts at neurotic scene i have ever read in my life it was so awful. I almost cried. I was literally reading it and I was like, Brandon, help. And then Bella responds by giving him the good kiss again. <laughs> he gets mad. He gets mad. He, okay, so we remember earlier my Hold point. Oh. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. We'll come back ahead. to it. Okay. Oh, yeah, you have to explain. We'll finish the scene. Okay. He ends up getting her to agree to get on his back, though. Mm-hmm. And uh, then when they stop and he drops her off, she fa- she falls ass first into mud. And he just laughs at her. Because he's a fucking dick. Oh my god, I hate him! And then it's time for baseball. And Rosalie is pissy and ignores Bella's existence. Uh, but Esme stays along with Bella because Esme is the umpire. And uh, she reveals her very, very tragic backstory to Bella <laughs> in the most <laughs> nonchalant way ever. Uh, and the game play, they play the game. Bella is dripping. And uh, <laughs> then there's no mad vampires coming. <laughs> God. This scene now, is a mess. Sarah, you. Uh, <laughs> You had comments. So remember earlier, my point number two about Bella being horny as shit? Yes. So Edward has to know. Like, he has to know that he is dating someone who is just constantly. He has a very strong sense of smell. 
Yeah. Let's just he's, point that out. <laughs> he's gotta know that she's always ready to go. And now I want to make a statement before I make the statement I'm about to make that's going to sound very victim blamey. If you are with your girlfriend and you start making out with her neck, I'm not saying you deserve to be aggressively made out with. I'm not saying that if you previously do not consent to being made out with, that it's okay that she wants to make out with you. But I if will you, say it's weird to get angry. <laughs> yeah, it is weird to get angry when she's like, all right, you've been making out with my neck and purposefully trying to, like, make me come. Let's kiss now. Because he, he kisses her. She says that he kisses her. I think this is the part where she's like, he kissed me roughly. I'm so... Edward, what did you think was going to happen? Like, okay. Um, you always have the right to retract your consent. Yes. That doesn't mean that it makes any sense or is reasonable to immediately do so the moment somebody shows uh, uh, the same level of physical attraction that you have just been showing and then get angry. Exactly. And before we get any kind of comment that's like, oh, if it was the other way around, if it was a woman and a man, then this conversation would be different. It wouldn't. If I walked up to my husband and like threw myself at him and started making out with him and then he kissed me back and I got all pissed off, I think he'd be really fucking confused. Yeah. The key here is it's not that Ed said no at that point. It's the way he said no. If he he just pulled back. Yeah. And he tells her later he's not mad at her, but I'm like, it doesn't matter because, like, it doesn't matter what you thought. Mm Mm-hmm. Or, like, what what you said. What you were mad. It matters how you handled it at that point. Mm -hmm. If he had pulled back and just said, I'm sorry, this is too much for me. We should go. I wouldn't have any issue with it. It's the fact that he acts like an asshole afterwards when she had a completely normal reaction to him instigating. Exactly. (laughs) What I will say is earlier when he kissed her and then she like went in a little too hard, he became like super still and like rock solid. And that was that was enough to tell Bella like, oh, I went too far. And I in that moment, I was like, okay, that's like whatever. That's a fine reaction. Like. If she gets it and it's not hurting anyone, that's whatever. But then in this scene, he just gets super pissed off. It it doesn't make any sense. You don't get mad at someone for reciprocating the kiss you just gave them. That's not fair. That's not fair. Hey, he wasn't mad at her. He just acted as if he was mad at her. He just yelled at her and said that she was going to be the death of him and then was like, get on my back, we're going to the baseball game. Yeah. The scene really made me scared of Smyre's sex life, though. Really bad. Because the whole time he's just kissing her neck and he's like, what are you afraid of? Falling. Think (laughs) I'm going to hit a tree. Kiss his neck. (laughs) Licks the fucking joints of her shoulder. (laughs) What do you... Do you think I'm going to kill you with a wrestling throw off of the top branch (laughs) (laughs) a wrestling throw (laughs) 
fucking Undertaker you from the top of the cage. Just sorry, sorry, I was watching too much WWE last night. <laughs> okay. Um so they make it out to the field. Rosalie is just an unwarranted bitch at all times. And Rosalie's I, personality is bitch. Like That's she has all she has. Nothing else. And you find out her tragic backstory later after Bella gets pregnant and Rosalie becomes like the most protective person in spoilers. Protective person in the whole family about the fucking baby. She doesn't care about Bella, she cares about the baby. She, like, tells Bella her tragic backstory. I'm pretty sure it's in Breaking Dawn. It could be an eclipse. I don't remember. But it's, like, so worthless because it's, like, so you're telling me that you were a huge bitch to me for the past, like, year and a half that I've known you all because someone else was awful to you? Like, I don't understand. Oh, because I I do think that we get here, like, in this section, we do find out that she didn't want to be a vampire. Nope, none of them really did. I mean, it was... But, like, she's bitter about Bella. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Not choosing that life, but, like, opening herself up to it when she wants to be... When she wants to be human again, and I'm just like... So, they... Edward... Okay, so, I don't remember... If we ever find out if Carlisle asked Esme if she wanted to become a vampire. But, because there are four vampires that Carlisle changed. It was Edward, Esme, Rosalie, and Emmett. And then then Alice and Jasper were external joinies. Emmett was unconscious. Rosalie brought Emmett to Carlisle to change him into a vampire, okay? She instigated another person becoming a vampire. Emmett was attacked by a bear and was unconscious and bleeding out when she brought him to Carlisle and Carlisle turned him into a vampire. You don't see Emmett being pissed off at Bella because she is a human and he, you know, didn't wasn't asked for his consent to become a vampire. Rosalie, you're just Basically, being unreasonable. Basically, what we're saying is, Rosalie, stop being a dumb cunt. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, just about that. Uh, but Esme's talking to Bella, and, you know, she's talking... <laughs> she's know. being super motherly and, like, sweet. And Bella's like, you sound like my mom. And I don't... I don't believe you. I don't Bella. believe you, Bella, that this woman sounds anything like your mom. No. Uh What was her name? Renee? Renee. No. It's Renee. It Renee. Yeah, remember Renee and Esme? Yeah, Renee Esme. Renesme. I'm just like I said it and I was like, no, that's my mom's friend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um but yeah, Renee's a dumb a dumb bad person. A dumb, bad person. <laughs> so, like, I don't believe you that Esme, who is a super good, gentle, nice person, uh, is anything like her. I agree. Uh, but then Esme just fucking drops her origin story on Bella. <laughs> like, she's telling a story about what the guy next to her did at the stoplight last Wednesday. <laughs> she's just it's like, maybe yeah, three lines. Maybe three I, lines. Uh, my baby died, so then I jumped off a cliff trying to kill myself, and then I was a vampire. 
I'm just like, what? No emotion. It's casual. No impact. Just mm, baby died, killed myself. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I don't understand what you're confused about. It seems like a pretty simple story. Definitely one you tell and uh Yeah, I'm just No, we're just gonna move on. So uh I can say that if Bella says one more thing about Ed being the best thing to ever exist in the entirety of the universe, one more time <laughs> I'm going to keep reading this book and being angry. <laughs> it every single time it happens, I'm like, shut up, shut up, shut up. We get it. You think he's awesome, but he's also awful. So like, ugh, stop, please stop. Every time it's like every multiple times per chapter. And I'm just like, <laughs> like, remember when she was describing him to Charlie because Charlie thought she was talking about Emmett? And she was like, yeah, he's, like, the youngest one. He's got, like, reddish-brown hair. And then, like, in like after she stopped talking, like, in her thoughts, she was, like, beautiful, angelic, godlike. Like, oh, my no. God. Stop. No. Stop. He's so stupid. Reminds me Stop. of, like, reading Greek, uh greek myths where like everyone's like important people are compared to gods and shit and you're just Mm -hmm. like no that's not ed ed is not uh greek adonis level (laughs) fucking he is he's stupid (laughs) he is stupid and terrible and bella uh, i want to say bella deserves better but no (laughs) (laughs) she doesn't though they deserve each other, but they don't. <laughs> yeah, they deserve each other, but they don't deserve to be happy with each other, which they are. Uh, so yeah, so then the uh, the nomad vampires are coming. And it becomes instantly an issue. Which I get because they've said before that most vampires don't live the way that they live. So they would obviously be like a concern almost immediately that they're probably going to try to eat Bella. However, I don't understand. What? Nom, 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 nom. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were saying no. <laughs> <laughs> um, But they... I don't... Okay, so... The rogue vampires approach, and they talk about joining the baseball game, and it's, like, really uncomfortable and weird, and it also doesn't make any sense because it takes a minute for the, like, wind to blow, and Bella's scent, like, is in the air, but, like, they can all hear Bella's heart beating and her blood pumping, so why do they not realize immediately that Esme's there is... just standing over there, just stomping, <laughs> where nobody can see, trying bum, bum, to drown out bum, the bum, sound. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> Crushing like... leaves. She's got twigs in her hands, just breaking them. It's... So the, the, the rogue vampires are at first like, how do you even live here? Because you gotta eat people with like how does nobody notice that you eat people we've and become it's like, one with the trees <laughs> what, what gets me about this scene more than them like not even noticing that bella's there because obviously that was done for dramatic effect but like 
are we implying that vampires who eat people have never even considered eating animals? It's almost like the first thing I would consider <laughs> if I became a vampire and needed blood <laughs> and didn't want to kill people was, is there anything else that has blood? Like it's and so, can I drink it? It's so cynical of, of Smire to be like, well, yeah, most vampires just eat people. Like, they were people once, too. You're telling me that immediately after becoming a vampire, they were like, I don't care about human beings anymore. I'm just going to eat people. It's like if cows became were cows <laughs> <laughs> and were sapient and sentient and everything. And they were just like, you know what? Time to go eat some burgers. <laughs> doesn't make any damn sense it really doesn't they're like it's i understand at like being a little bit like maybe like oh you find out oh they stay here permanently oh they must be like oh you're people who like eat deer and stuff but like it's not bears. like you're yeah, bears and mountain lions but it's not like you would be baffled and confused and be like well how can you eat people but stay in a town of 3,000. That just doesn't add up because they don't, you stupid mother. I'm sorry. I was really hung up on uh, that. When, when the change takes place, you actually lose about 100 IQ points. Oh, shit. I don't even we're gonna, have 100 IQ points. We're going to disregard the fact that IQ is not a very good judge of intelligence, but <laughs> just so this <laughs> joke can work. The um... So that whole scene was really stupid. But then they, they, like, immediately, like, become hostile once they realize that Bella is a human. And they, like... Like, they just told you they don't eat humans. And there's clearly a human right there with them. Why would you immediately think time yeah, for food? I don't know. But so she describes the way that they move as being really, like, cat-like and, like, prowly and stuff. And I think it's supposed to be intimidating or whatever, but it was just I not. laughed. Yeah, it I was, was laughing. <laughs> it's comical to imagine. And I remember in the movies, they definitely, like, made it seem less terrifying. Well, sorry, less terrifying in, like, a disturbing way because, like, it literally just sounds like a crazy person. It doesn't sound like someone who you would be, like, afraid of them hurting you. <laughs> it it sounds, sounds like someone. Like a you, middle schooler. But, like, a middle schooler in an adult body. Yeah. That's, like, pretending to be a cat because they saw it in anime. It sounds to me like someone you would be afraid of, like, shitting in your car. <laughs> like, you de like this is a person who's, like, really super hammered at the club. And they're like, can you drive me home? And you're like, I'm going to have to reupholster my entire car if I let them inside of it. Meow. <laughs> Can you, like, I'm so, I, like, had way too much Molly when I was in the club just now, and I, I just, like, I don't have a sense of taste, and so then... They, they told me that it was good to mix the uppers and the downers. I have no serotonin left. I'm based, I'm making a bunch of statements that a friend of mine who has done Molly has, like, told me. Things that happened to him. <laughs> 
What, you mean you, the person that's never done Molly and hasn't been clubbing, doesn't <laughs> know how that Are works. you implying that I'm a fucking loser? Only if I'm a fucking loser. <laughs> so, um, they immediately take Bella. So Bella, Emmett, Alice, and Edward all hop into the Jeep and drive away. Edward says the vampire who wanted to eat <laughs> Bella is a tracker. Which, uh, is a vampire who, once they have a target, they, like, won't stop hunting them until they have them. And then they're, they also have, like, heightened senses and stuff, so they're just better at finding people. Hold on, so you're telling me that there's specifically a member of this party that is specialized in locating targets that also didn't notice Bella there until the wind blew? <laughs> okay, just carry on, carry on. Just, just wanted to clarify. I wanted to make sure you were on the yep. same page as me. Yep. Um, so Bella insists that they can't just leave Charlie on his own because he's dad of the year. Uh, and then she comes up with a plan to tear his literal heart out by abandoning him so she and the Cullens can run away. Edward doesn't like the plan, but he goes along with it. Yeah. Uh, this scene... My, my main takeaway is... Stop it, Ed. You're tearing this family apart. Yeah. <laughs> Edward it's is literally the... just a car of screaming. <laughs> it was so bad. I hated this scene. It made it just Imagine your mom driving your drunk stepdad home <laughs> while you're in the back seat. And he's just screaming <laughs> over the real slim shady. Talking about how he's going to take off his belt when he gets home. (laughs) (laughs) And also talking about how they're going to leave town without your real dad. Yes. (laughs) And not let him know and that some serial killer is going to come murder him. God damn it, stepdad. Uh, I almost, I almost said, God damn it, Steve, but that's Brandon's actual, (laughs) actual dad, actual dad's name. (laughs) Fuck you, Steve. Fuck you. No. (laughs) Don't. Oh, yeah. We really got to worry about him listening to this. Uh, (laughs) Oh, yeah. He's definitely going to make it to episode five of our Twilight podcast. Ed isn't. Oh, poor Steve. Actually unreasonable in this scene he just needs to calm the fuck down for a minute oh yeah like he needs to listen to the other people around him who are definitely being much more reasonable because and like this is where i this scene was where i really started to like alice like best girl best girl a lot more was because the entire time ed's just screaming at her (laughs) and she's just sitting there next to him just like smiling talking calmly being nice but then at the very end she turns to ed when he makes some com some like smart comment at her and she snarls at him and the way it's described is that i was like okay see that one was cool yeah and maybe it's because Alice is well built as is, is like a character that I actually like that I took it seriously, especially yeah. with how nice she's been. Yeah, yeah. But I was just like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the next scene is the worst scene in the whole book. 
It is the worst possible way Bella could have conceived of to try and protect Charlie. It is literally soul crushing. So Char so Bella abandons Charlie to protect him in the worst way possible. Um by telling him the exact words that her mother said to him when she left with Bella when she was a, a baby. Um, and then Edward gets Bella back to the house um, with Alice and Emmett. And then the one vampire runs away and decides that he's not going to be a part of this anymore, uh, Laurent. And then Rosalie is a huge bitch and... Bella gets carried a lot, and the whole last scene is so bad. <laughs> yeah, so the crushing of Car of Charlie was unnecessary leading up to this, and it was much, much worse than I remembered it being. The he worst... did not deserve it any other like telling him the truth yes would have been a better move yeah and it's like even if he thinks she's crazy at least she's not purposefully hurting him in a way that she knows is gonna stick because she goes back to him at the end of the book because she stays in forks and i don't remember if she ever apologizes to him at all which i'm sure we'll get there obviously but I, it, Even so... if she does, like, how is he ever supposed to trust her again? And like, I know she's his daughter, and he's definitely the kind of parent that is in the love you no matter what camp. But like, that doesn't mean it's easy for him after that, because she says some fucked up shit to him. Yeah, and. I just like I just can't imagine doing that to somebody that I care about and I'm trying to protect when I could just tell them what was actually happening instead. Exactly. Because what's going to happen? He's already he likes the car the Collins to begin with. Yeah. He's not the type that's going to go around saying shit. Bella should know that she can trust him even if it makes things bad later. Yeah. The, the rest of these like... books would have gone so fucking differently if she had just told him the truth and been like, the Cullens are vampires, another vampire is after me, I literally have to leave. And it would be very easy to prove to him that the Cullens when are vampires. Edward showed up behind her in a split second trying to stop her from telling him? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like, it's not hard. Like, and maybe he would be freaked out. Or maybe, in theory, if they're really trying to protect him, they just grab him and go. Yeah. I just, I really resent that we spent the whole book learning how great Charlie is. And then now, it's like, I'm just being forced to watch him be treated like shit. It's, it's, I enjoy it's a catharsis when you're reading something and you get some emotional outlet, whether yes. it's grieving or romance or something painful, but it doesn't feel like catharsis because 
in this sense it just feels like we're watching a character be tortured for no for the sake of emotional manipulation yeah it's bad i don't want to dwell on this for too much longer because i will get super heated about it um so they leave and bella's like edward says something about it being a good idea and bella's like of course it was the best idea or no it was the best idea of course it was mine and i'm like you just spent 300 pages showing that that is not fucking true yeah like you are not somebody that has good ideas very often yeah (laughs) you could have spent the entire book justifying that remark but you didn't and it also wasn't a good idea it was a bad idea it was a bad idea and you hurt someone who loves you so congratulations bella you're dumb and this is where i realized bella's just romeo she is and i i know that there's been comparisons to romeo and juliet with this which i don't think is apt or appropriate at all but the uh, only comparison yeah the only comparison i will accept is that she is romeo there is no juliet but she is romeo she is definitely romeo like she's jumping off she's stabbing herself over the body of her lover because he is sleeping (laughs) yeah so uh anyway they get back to the collins house and emmett tucks her like a football <laughs> into his chest to carry her inside and i just had this mental image of a giant just picking up uh wow kristen stewart yeah and just like folding her up and stuffing her under his arm and <laughs> bolting that is the image that I also conjured when thinking about this of him just like curling her up in a ball and just like <laughs> hike and just like bolting into the house. This oh whole book God. is just full of some absolutely magnificent uh, <laughs> imagery. Including when they go inside and Rosalie is supposed to switch clothes with Bella to throw off the scent. And she straight and... up is like, no. Yeah, Rosalie's just like, no, fuck her. So Esme does it, and Esme sweeps Bella into her arms and runs her upstairs. And I was just like, oh, shit. Like, this whole time I've been like, yes, Alice. And now I'm like, yes, Esme? Yeah. Sweep me into your arms? (laughs) There are so many wonderful vampire women throughout this series. Um... Actually, right now I'm kind of thinking it's just Esme and Alice because Rosalie is yeah. awful, and I will never, yeah. I, I never accepted Snape's apology in Harry Potter, and I will not accept uh, Esme's, uh, Esme Rosalie's and apology. And I don't accept in J.K. Down. Rowling's apology. She didn't make an apology. Uh, she stood by her beliefs and is an asshole. <laughs> and I won't accept her apology. Uh, anyways, uh, and then after they switch clothes, Alice comes upstairs, and they. Esme takes one arm and Alice takes the other arm (laughs) and they both carry Bella together. And I'm like, what did she do to deserve (laughs) this treatment? You're straight up bitter. Like, but I want them to carry me. (laughs) And then when they're leaving, 
Alice is like, because she Bella's going with Alice and Jasper, and Alice just holds out her hand to her and is like, May "Will I? you come?" <laughs> and I'm just, and she just starts, and Bella's like, "Us oh, the first time anyone's asked me." Yeah. <laughs> And I'm just like, she's politely carry Oh my god! La- like when Edward, the person she's supposed to be in love with, like had like manipulated and degraded her into letting her be her, letting him carry her. And Alice is just like, may I? <laughs> it's so adorable and romantic. Get in the car and run. <laughs> just go. You, Jasper, and Alice would make a wonderful throuple. Thank you. So, chapter 20 is um, pretty concise. Uh, Alice and Jasper drive Bella straight to Arizona somehow very fast in, like, less than a day. Um, And they go, they shack up in, like, a hotel suite. So, there's, like, a bedroom and a living room area. Um, Bella is upset, doesn't know how to handle herself around Alice and Jasper, who are so weirdly stoic. Like, they just sit and stare at the TV, like, still as statues pretty much the whole time. They feed her occasionally, um, like they like they, a good pet. Yeah, they have to. They, they have to like. I imagine they occasionally they'll look at the clock and they're like, "Oh fuck, guy, do you think Bella's hungry yet? I don't know. It's been like twenty five minutes. What? How often? Do you take her outside? <laughs> do you take? Does do she need a walk? Um, and then Alice eventually, Alice cuddles Bella. And tells her how becoming a vampire works, which she goes super in depth into how it works when it's a very simple process. It's like, oh, if you bite someone, they become a vampire. Uh, Then Alice has a vision of the tracker in a dance studio, which Bella recognizes as the one that she practiced in when she was young. And that's the end of chapter 20. How the fuck do you make a three-day drive <laughs> in one day and not okay. get pulled over? The car is normal. It is not a vampire How car. long does it take to drive from Seattle to air? Oh, my God. It's an autocomplete. Well, <laughs> it doesn't matter how long it takes in real life. Bella says in the story that it's a three-day drive. You're right. It's twenty. It's a 25-hour drive. So probably split up into three days would be the most appropriate. About eight hours each day. Yeah. But obviously they're vampires. They don't have to take breaks or anything. But I'm just like... Yeah. All we get is the three-day drive that they did in one day. And I'm like, so you sped? And nobody tried to pull you over. Yeah, that was definitely very confusing as to... Like, so they, they drove... They were driving a sports car as well. Like, a sleek sports car that they drove hella fast through like california down the coast like all the way to arizona and nobody ever was like those people are driving 145 miles an hour no whatever (laughs) that seems fine (laughs) seems totally fucking normal except as we all know the lapd are completely reasonable folk shut up (laughs) stop uh, and uh i don't want to talk about it at one point they tell bella that she's worrying about all the wrong things because she's worried about something happening to them because they're trying to protect her and i'm like no 
No, that's exactly what you should be worried about. Yeah, She's I worrying mean, about exactly all the right things. She's worried that something's going to happen to them. And Jasper's like, you should be, like, I think he's literally like, you should be worrying about you. And it's like, yeah, bitch, if you get fucking killed, who's going to stop this vampire from ripping my insides out? And also, she's a compassionate human being who doesn't want anything bad to happen to people that she cares about. It's a totally normal thing to feel. Damn. But then Alice follows Bella to bed. <laughs> and they cuddle. There was one point... And I'm just like... Just stay here forever. There's one point where um, they there's a sentence that goes, uh, we laid there for a moment in silence, and I swear to you, I thought the sentence was going to end. We lay there for a moment in each other's arms. In silence. And I'm just like, and then you kissed. And yeah. then you kissed. You saw her soft satin lips calling you in, and you, oh, what? Uh. They're literally snuggling each other in bed. I don't understand. How, there is no heterosexual explanation for what is going on in this hotel room right now. And Jasper's and, in the other room! <laughs> I, I was like, Jasper can tell what everyone's feeling and stuff, and, like, control their feelings, so, like, would he just make Alice not horny? Yeah, but he's clearly not making her not horny because they're laying there like cuddling each other, so and he's, he's cool not. With it. Yeah, he's like, get some, wife, have some fun. Jasper, cool guy. Are you telling me that if your significant other got cuddled up with Alice Cullen in bed, you would stop it from happening? Bitch, why am I not cuddling with her? <laughs> You've got a good point. I, I will say that. Um, however. I am the monogamous type, though, so. <laughs> that that poly life just ain't for me. Can't do it. It's, you know, I understand that and respect that. But uh, Alice tells her, because of her visions, that she always knew that they were going to be friends. And that's <gasps> why she's been so nice to her the whole time. And I'm like, that is the cutest shit it's so sweet alice is so good i feel like alice is stephanie meyer's favorite character like you know how because sometimes she's actually well written and cool <laughs> yeah well sometimes you write something and like the side characters because the side characters are the ones you definitely have the most liberty with because you know the the main characters they have to tell the story and have to push the story along so you have some limitations as to like how you can specifically direct those characters but then your side characters can literally show up holding an egg and it's like well i mean who cares she's got an egg what's it from i don't know Egg in these trying times? Egg in these trying times? Uh, though I have had multiple times where someone who I just had way too much fun with as a side character just became the main character over time because I was like, well, you're That's so much cooler. Happen. Yeah, you're so much cooler than the main character, so. Well, I think it's because you're not trying to get them to fit into, I mean, like, like they'll have beats and things that they have to fit into, but like for the most part, yeah, you're just free to do what you want with them outside of that. Exactly. As long as it fits into the story. So then it just kind of, they become, it's almost easier to develop a strong personality for a character that isn't important. Yeah, because, you know, of all the things you said. Um, and all the things you said. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, what does that mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, She said, listen to me, he ordered, for I had looked away. 
Very formal. Uh, very oddly formal. This book so far has not been the most formal. Um, but, you know, I mean, Jasper's a very intimidating, curly, blonde-haired man who has a past as a Confederate soldier. So, I mean, when he says... Look oh, sorry, we don't me, talk about that. We don't... <laughs> mm, we don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. Oh, what was that? Most Confederate monuments were built during Jim Crow as a way of putting black people in their place. Huh? What? 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 You don't want a monument to Hitler? What was that? <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, so uh, Ed calls. Uh, and they lost the tracker. Yeah, the I don't know how. I don't know how they lost him. And... Uh, <laughs> turns out that uh the lady uh went to the school and found bella's records which like of course she was going to do that that was the first thing i thought of and that was exactly yeah. what happened and none of them thought of that um, yeah i don't understand <laughs> anyway <laughs> which would then just because bella was like earlier on the whole phoenix thing going to phoenix thing was we say we're going to phoenix but they're gonna be listening in and because they're listening in and they know that we'll know they're listening in. They'll think that we aren't actually going to Phoenix. But because they think that, we can go to Phoenix. And they won't know that that's where we went. Because they don't know that we know that they know that we know that they know. Let's uh, take it another step further and say what? that if you go somewhere, they cannot physically track you to. Like, I don't the know. The middle of the ocean. The middle of the ocean. Like, there, the, the, wor the worst part of all of this is, like, whether or not they got the idea that Bella was definitely going to go to Phoenix because she said that she was going to go to Phoenix, but she wouldn't go because she said she was going to go. Whatever the case may be, your school records, there are physical records showing that you and your mother lived in Phoenix. So and you why, just confirmed it by saying you were going to Phoenix. <laughs> so why on earth would you go somewhere that you have a paper trail leading to? It makes no sense. No, listen to me. Listen to me. After we rob the bank, we come back to our laundromat front. Because why would they ever think we would go back to the laundromat that we own? Because that's the first place they would check to be safe. No, no, you don't get it. <laughs> don't get, you don't get it. Here's what I don't get. And the thought occurred to me while reading and rereading this chapter. Um, why don't they just turn Bella into a vampire? They only turn people that are dying. <laughs> well, she's gonna die. She's going to die. <laughs> Like they they're all they're avoiding this person who wants to kill her. So why not just bite her at the Cullen's house, get because, her in the car, and just start driving? Because Sarah, it's a metaphor for not having sex. <laughs> I was gonna say chastity, but I couldn't remember what the correct word was. It's it literally abstinence. like abstinence. It's a metaphor for abstinence, Sarah. I know, I know that without the ending the way that it is, there would not be three more books. But there is a reason that, so I'm going to spoil the gender bent version of this book for you. Um, Bo, Beauregard or whatever his name is, uh, the, the guy who is Bella becomes a vampire at the end. And I think it's because Stephanie Meyer either A, didn't want to rewrite all the other books 
or B was just like, you know what? This makes a lot more sense. This but he just becomes like a vampire. Every problem. <clears throat> because, <laughs> and we'll get to it when we get to the final chapter, uh, or not final chapter, whatever chapter in which they kill the, va- the hunter vampire and Bella is bitten and Edward has to suck the venom out of her. But she's actively turning into a vampire like when they get there and he like sucks the venom out which doesn't make any sense it literally does not make any sense that edward can suck the venom out because his teeth and saliva would have the venom in them so him sinking his teeth into her would deposit more of it it would be like a thinking it would be like so you know when 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 a a, like a venomous snake bites someone and i don't I, I love snakes. I have a pet snake. I don't know for sure if this is something that actually works. But in movies, they're always like, suck the venom out. And someone just grabs them and sucks the venom out. That would I be believe like that saying, does not work. Okay. But that would be like saying, suck the venom out. And then another snake that is also venomous comes along and sucks the venom out. Yeah. Do I you see with... where I'm going? Well, here's the question, though. Because I think with snakes, they can... The, the venom's not always active. But are you telling me oh. they have a venom switch? Yes. That they that they switch on? Yes, I think. Most snakes can fold their fangs. I don't know if there's a venom switch. I am pretty sure venomous snakes just are venomous. Okay, and if it might they be bite they can you, fold them. Yeah, they can fold them so they don't bite themselves. Unless That's they true. unless they're rear fanged, then the rear fanged ones uh they're just smaller. I think. But we can assume that the venom isn't there in the vampire's mouths all the time because, like, then when they kissed... It would just turn her into a vampire. But Alice said that it was in the saliva, didn't she? I think so. <laughs> I didn't think about this the first time, but this is actually causing more problems now that I think through it. This is actually getting worse. Yeah, yeah. Is this like an ingestion? Doesn't like sometimes like if you ingest heroin, it it's not going to do the same thing as if you inject. I don't. I'm not. You know what? So uh, so Alice gets a vision, and uh, <laughs> she starts. Like, we have to move on. We have to move on. <laughs> starts drawing this dance studio, and Bella recognizes it. And I've heard people like make fun of it because it's like, oh, it's not. Why would you just recognize the dance studio? But there are some, like, architectural clues that yeah. it's the specific dance studio that Bella went to. Mm-hmm. So, like... No, I get it. I mean, sure. she definitely... She points out, like... She even says, like, multiple times, like, oh, that could be any dance studio. But then, like, points yeah, out... she acknowledges the, it. <laughs> the, the things that are very specific and recognizable about the dance studio and why she thinks it was the one that was right around the corner from her house. And it also, do, like, it makes sense that you would go to that conclusion because where else would he be going? Yeah. If he has her home address... He would be creeping around the area in which he knows that she used to live. It... I can find and, nothing to criticize with that point. And so another thing on the phone. Well, I said I said and like I was going to add on to that, but I'm not. I'm yeah. going to a different point. Uh, on the phone, they keep Edward and Bella keep saying they love each other. And it was during this scene where I realized that it's not because they haven't been together long that I don't believe they love each other. It has nothing to do with the time frame. 
I just don't believe that they do. Yeah, like it. I I've said this. I I don't know if I said this on a previous episode, but my husband and I were together for less than a week when we said "I love you" for the first time. Granted, we had been friends for a very long time before that, so it was a matter of like, you're not gonna tell me anything about yourself that I don't already know. But was that a challenge? (laughs) Yeah, you go find him and go find something about him that I don't already know. Um, but. So I don't, it's not that I disbelieve that people can fall in love very fast. They can. It's just, there's no reason for these two to be in love. I just don't, none of their interaction makes me believe that fact. You have to like, look, I understand that in the real world, sometimes you just love people. Yeah. And it doesn't make sense. But when you're making a story, you have to give the reader a reason to suspend their disbelief about certain things. Yes. And I have not had my disbelief suspended. Yeah, not at all. Like, it literally doesn't feel like I have any reason to actually believe that these two are deeply in love, other than the fact that they keep saying it. And they have had some cute moments, but most of what we've seen has just been very weird, like, touchy-feely, just, like, because he's so attracted to the way that she smells... It's he like, wants to be there's been, there's been some lust, uh, but like when you add up the sum total of their interactions, it's mostly been negative. Yeah. Like they it's mostly bad. just have really bad, like it's almost all fighting. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. It's complicated. Don't say that. But, uh. Don't, no, no. <laughs> the thing is, I hate... I hate when people are like, it's complicated as a way of like shushing people who are trying to question what the hell is going on. Like, it's complicated. No, you stupid. It's not. You're just stupid. You're just stupid. (laughs) All right. Your final note on this chapter is so dumb. Oh my God. Okay. So (laughs) I understand. I understand that she was using the real world when (laughs) writing this, but that doesn't change the fact that the studio is on the corner like at, of the crossroads of 58th street and cactus <laughs> not cactus street not cactus <laughs> avenue not cactus boulevard just cactus and i swear to god if it's not literally a one-way street with a cactus on one side i'm gonna be disappointed so, would you not say that, like, okay, here, I, when you're describing something that is in your hometown that you know very well, like, say we were talking about, I don't know, the BP at the corner of Five Mile and Beachmont. Do you say Beachmont Avenue, or do you just say Beachmont? Beachmont, on its own, <laughs> is a name. It does sound more like a street. Also, five miles. Cactus mile. is a plant <laughs> that You're just lives in the desert the <gasps> and retains water. The thing is that why I hate this note. Hurt. No, no, stop. This is why I hate this note. You're not criticizing the book. You're criticizing the people who named the streets. <laughs> it's because I think it's hilarious. You're literally like It's not over- even really a criticism. I just find it hilarious that somebody just said, 
Cactus. And, it and could be Cactus Street. The, somebody in the city council was like, Cactus Street? No. Maybe it is Cactus Street, cactus. but she just calls no, it Cactus. She says 58th Street and Cactus. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Sarah's cactus and 58th Street. 58th Street and Cactus. Put the wrong one first. Sarah. I'm sorry. It's Cactus Road. East Cactus Road and North 58th Street. Oh my god. I'm disappointed. Is there wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. I have to see. Is there an actual Cactus? Dance, no, dance studio, you you idiot. No, cactus? but there is <laughs> there is a Schuler uh Aerospace Services International. Um and none of the other buildings have markings, so I'm assuming that those are just To be fair, house book was written in 2004 and uh the fine arts are not always the most reliable lucrative industry you're right so that concludes chapter 20 um and i guess <laughs> i cactus. guess cactus that's gonna be the name of the episode it's just cactus <laughs> <laughs> that's my takeaway cactus yeah i uh <laughs> i really enjoyed my my name for episode one hot and dry and, uh, I'm just going to leave naming to you because it gives me a nice little kick when I get to read it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Brandon has been really annoyed by the fact that we don't have a real in, uh, outro on any of our episodes so far. Fuck him. Fuck him. <laughs> so um, I guess we should just say something dorky to end out the episode. Uh, Next- support us on... Uh, Patreon. Uh, um, and Grubhub. Uh, hit us up on PayPal um, and Venmo and Cash App. I don't have uh, Zelle. 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 Uh, Chase Bank um, app. I'm not. I'm not going to tell you how to find us to give us that money. Um, so just just send it to every single M and Sarah that you can find until you get the right one. We'll let you know. Um, <laughs> I actually, we should probably do like some kind of social media thing. I'm on Twitter at Sarah S. Wilton. Um, M doesn't have a Twitter, so I'm not gonna oust I, her. Uh, um, I'll give you my phone number if you want to text. <laughs> uh, we are also on Twitter at 2020 Twilight Pod. Um, and that's pretty much it. Uh, cactus. <laughs> cactus. I guess. Next time we'll be doing chapters 21 through 24 plus the epilogue, which is the final section of the book before we move on to um, New Moon, which is my favorite of all the books because Edward is barely in it. And, and yeah, I guess that's it. Happy and 2020. Scene. <laughs>